0: Hello and welcome to the Jeff Hooks Podcast. Coming to you on a Thursday night. A little bit late for my championship week preview, but I've been very busy uh, filming the inauguration. Some of you may have seen my uh, critically acclaimed three second stint on CNN, <laughs> Page and a Cable as uh, President Biden walked into the rotunda of the Capitol. So uh, don't worry, guys. I'm not going to let the fame get to my head. I may get drunk and belligerent and pull up. You know who I am, but we'll see. (laughs) So anyway, we are going to talk about the divisional round briefly. Like I said, these games happened four days ago. So at this point, you've heard all there is to say about these games. I'm going to speak on them briefly, talk about a few things that infuriated me, and then uh, we're going to move on. And talk about the championship games. So we're going to start with the Bills and Ravens. Uh, Bills pulled that one out 17-3. to We gave out the over and the Bills in that game. So we split one and one uh, with our picks in this game. So hearing a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson after this game. Oh, he can't win the big one. He, You know, one and three in the playoffs now. And uh, just stop with the, oh, he can't win the big one. It is the stupidest thing. That anybody can say about a player because there's so much variance in playoff games. He throws that interception into the end zone, and granted, it was a terrible, terrible decision, like unfor- unforgivable. However, at that point, the game is 10-3. to If he tucks that ball and runs it in for a touchdown, it's a 10-10 game. Who knows what happens? Maybe the Ravens win and nobody's saying that. If that ball interception gets dropped, if the guy gets tackled, and they, the fact that it was a pick six completely ended that game. It was over the second that happened. And Josh Allen was struggling in that game too. There was swirling win. Justin Tucker couldn't make a field goal. I, I am so far removed from criticizing Lamar Jackson for that loss. Yes, he made one terrible decision, but I don't want to beat the guy up over it and say, oh, look, you can't win the big one. That's it for him. Look at the weapons that all four teams that are still playing have uh, as far as pass catchers go. You have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill there in KC, Harmans Hardman, Sammy Watkins. He's got a great stable of receivers there. Then you have the Bills with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and John Brown. Then you have the Packers with Devontae Adams, quite possibly the best receiver in the league. It's between him and Diggs this year. And Aaron Jones in the backfield. And then you have the Buccaneers, and, who have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brait. Lamar Jackson has none of these guys. I mean, every team that's still playing has at least one stud, at least two stud skill players. And the Ravens have none. Not to mention, Ronnie Stanley has left tackle out for the year. You can't just expect him to win with nothing. And not to mention Marshall Yanda retired, and they, they've, had, they've struggled uh, at guard since he left. So if you're going to criticize Lamar Jackson, just keep in mind that he has no weapons there. He's forced to be the offense. So I don't think – he's going to get to a Super Bowl at some point. Mark my words. And as most of you know, I am not fond of the Ravens. I enjoy when they lose, and I enjoy talking shit about their fans. But Lamar Jackson does not deserve any criticism. And he's, he's going to be great. He's going to learn from this loss, and that team will be back next year, as much as I hate to say it, because you Ravens fans are pretty annoying. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to move on to talk about the Bucs and Saints game. Welcome back. We move on to Bucks versus Saints. 30-20 to 20 was the final score. Bucks pulled that one out. We were 2-0 with our picks in this one. We gave out the under 54, and we gave out the Bucks plus three as our lock of the week. So 2-0, we called that one. Leonard Fournette led the offense 107 yards and a touchdown. Drew Brees, three interceptions and in quite possibly and probably his last game. Tough for him. Uh, the game really swung on that Jared Cook fumble. I'm sure he's beating himself up for that. Just added to the list of the horrendous things that have happened to the Saints in the playoffs. Uh, added to the Minneapolis Miracle and the Kyle Rudolph push-off and the uh, phantom non-called pass interference against the Rams the year the Rams went to the Super Bowl. just, ugh, just So many just gut-wrenching losses for this team in the playoffs, and I'm sure Jared Cook's going to be beating himself up all offseason for that. So the Bucks move on. Uh, Tom Brady in another championship game. Surprise, surprise, this time in the NFC. The main thing I wanted to talk about with this game was Drew Brees because it's one likely, like we said, his last game. I heard some debate uh, mainly on Twitter about uh, is Drew Brees a top 10 quarterback? And I thought it was an absolutely ridiculous question because, of course, he is. (laughs) I can't remember the guy I was listening to some, some audio clip on there. And he was n- listing guys and putting, putting them ahead of Drew Brees. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Like I get, like, he got down to like his number 10 guy was Terry Bradshaw. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, Terry Bradshaw, with his 200-something interceptions. Like his, 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 he has like a one-to-one touchdown interception ratio. He had one of the greatest receivers of all time to throw the ball to. Actually, look at Lynn Swan's numbers. They weren't that great. Imagine what they could have been if he had a great quarterback. Oh, Bradshaw sucks. If Drew Brees jumped in a time machine and was the quarterback of the Steelers in the 70s, he would have won eight Super Bowls. Get the fuck out of here with Terry Bradshaw, number 10 all time. He's not even top 20, top 30. He's terrible. Uh, to me, this list breaks down pretty easy. Uh, there's Brady's, you have Brady, Montana, Elway, Marino, Peyton Manning. Those are the top five. I don't think it can really be debated uh, if you want to start talking about, oh, Sammy Ball and Otto Graham. Okay, you know what? i I don't like watching black and white. Didn't see too much of them, you know. I wasn't alive. Sorry. <laughs> uh, outside of those five guys, like there's not you. You can make debates for guys that are better than Breeze after that, but I don't think you can make a case for five for uh, five more. Uh, you got guys Steve Young, uh, Brett Favre. Who, I mean, sure, if you want to say Johnny Unitas, I'll give you. But at a certain point, you have to say, okay, there. Th- that's the spot that Drew Brees goes into. I think it's unquestionable. He's probably number eight or number nine. Uh, actually, you know what? I think it'd be that would probably be a fun podcast to break down uh, top ten quarterbacks, running backs, all that good stuff. Maybe there will be a, something we'll do later on. But Drew Brees, definitely top ten. Don't want to disparage him. He's not just a accumulation of numbers guy. He was an all-time great and just hated seeing him talked about in that light, especially when somebody tries to say that Terry Bradshaw is better than him. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to move on and talk about the rest of the games. Welcome back. We move on to Chiefs versus Browns. What a game this was. Oh, my goodness. We gave out the under, which was a hit. We gave out the Chiefs minus 10, which was not. The final score was 22-17. to First thing, first half, Rashad Higgins fumbles the ball at the one-yard line. The ball slips out of his hands, goes through the end zone and out of bounds for a touchback for the Chiefs. This is by far the worst rule in all of sports. Definitely the worst rule in football. I think it's the worst rule in all of sports. If you fumble the ball at the 35 and it goes out of bounds, you keep the ball. Even if the defender like, gets to it first and kicks it out, it's still your ball. If you kick it out of bounds off of a fumble, it's your ball. But for some reason, if it go- happens to go into the end zone, the other team gets the ball at the 20-yard line? It is the most ridiculous rule. It, they have to get rid of it. They have to. And then a lot of people say, well, what's your alternative? Okay, if you're going to give the other team the ball, which I don't think you should, but if you are, they shouldn't get it at the 20. They should get it at, say, wherever the fumble happened or at the 2. Or here's an idea. Treat it like it's a fumble anywhere else on the field and give the team that fumbled the ball back where they fumbled it. It's absolutely ridiculous. And if this play doesn't turn out this way, I mean, granted, it's the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes could have bought the team back, but guess what? He was out at the end of the game. So this fumble probably cost the Browns the game. Absolutely ridiculous. The rule needs to change. Second thing, uh, not a terrible, terrible decision, but I thought it was pretty bad. There was a lot of time left in the game. Uh, The Browns score to cut the lead to 9. Pardon pardon me, to cut the lead to 10 and decide to kick the extra point to take the lead down to 9 instead of going for 2. I get Stefanski's reasoning there. Oh, there's a lot of time left. There's going to be more scoring. We don't need to go for the two now. You have to take that down to a one-score game there. You're playing the Chiefs. You have to. Uh, granted, there was some field goals later. It ended up not being a big deal, but I, th- I thought it was a bad decision. Again, not the not the worst thing in the world, but what was the worst thing in the world was <laughs> the game-winning drive. Mahomes is out of the game. There's about... Eight minutes left on the clock, and the Browns get the ball back down by five. Chad Henney throws a horrendous pick into the end zone. Browns have the ball at the 20, and they they go for it on a fourth and one at, the, at their own 29. They get it, and they're slowly, methodically moving the ball down the field at this point. And you're thinking, okay, like they're not worried about hurrying up. They're just going to do a typical Browns thing. They have plenty of time on the clock. They're going to use the run game, work the ball down the field. I like this. This is good. They're trying not to leave any time on the clock. <clears throat> great, you know, great decision. They punt the ball in a fourth and nine, with four minutes left in the game and one timeout. Now, if you have three timeouts, sure, punt the ball. You have one timeout. That's eighty seconds com- immediately that are just going to melt off the clock. You cannot punt that ball there. If you go for it and get it, your drive's continuing and maybe you win the game. If you go for it and don't get it, guess what? The ball is on what the it was on the thirty nine at that point, and. If the Chiefs get two first down, it's over anyway. And if they don't move the ball, they have a field goal attempt. Buckard missed one already. Worst case scenario, you're down by eight and getting the ball back. There's no reason to punt this ball. It was a bad decision, and they never got the ball back. It cost them the game. <laughs> Let's move on to why they didn't get the ball back. Holy moly. Uh, this playoffs is like the, the year of the backup quarterback <laughs> with uh, Taylor Heineke in Wildcard week and uh, Chad Henney this week. Uh, again, Chad Henney came in after Patrick Mahomes left the game. And this last drive, he made two insane plays <laughs> after taking a sack from Miles Garrett, who was off the field for a lot of this game for some reason. He makes a sack on a on a, on a second down to force a third and long. You're thinking, okay, here comes a run. Now, this is a two-minute warning at this point. You're thinking, okay, here comes a run. Run the clock down to 116, whatever it is, and you're going to be punting the ball back, and you're, you'll hope your defense can hold on. Andy Reid calls a pass, and Chad Henney's looking, looking, looking. And then he scrambles like he's Patrick Mahomes. And it really looked like he picked up that first down. Tony Romo was going nuts. By the way, great decision by CBS to put Romo and Nance on this game rather than Bill's Ravens. I would have done it the other way, and it worked out great because (laughs) Bruno's reaction when Chad Henney almost picked up that first down was priceless. And then his reaction on the subsequent play was also priceless when Andy Reid decides to throw his quarterback out there. Nobody in the world thought this ball was getting snapped. And Andy Reid with his (laughs) – he pulled his balls out and threw them right on the table. I think if Andy Reid hadn't won the Super Bowl last year, he would have done this. But I've been waiting for a coach to pull this one where you walk to the line and you act like you're just nonchalantly trying to draw them off sides. And like, oh, here it comes. They're going to call the timeout, run the clock all the way down. No way they're going to snap it. He snaps it with time left on the play clock and runs that classic rollout play they run with Mahomes to Hill and hits it for a first down to win the game. Incredible. Great play by Henny. Hopefully Patrick Mahomes is back for the next round because it makes for a better game. So hopefully Chad any season is over with that throw. But, man, what a play. Oh, what a play. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break. Uh, quick break. That does it for, uh, for the Chiefs-Browns. Like I said, a lot more to talk about with that game than, uh, than the other ones. Uh, we'll move on, and we'll talk about Green Bay and the Rams. Probably my least favorite game of the week. But uh, we'll talk about that briefly, and then we'll move on to break down our conference championship game So. Welcome back. We move on to talk about Packers and Rams. Just briefly, uh, not a lot to unpack with this one. Final score was 32-18. to 18. We were wrong on both. We gave out the under and the Rams, plus seven. Whoops. Golf was bad. The Rams offense as a whole was bad, except for Cam Akers. Rodgers looked unstoppable. Uh, the Packers scored on every drive they had in the first half and on the first drive of the second half. Game never felt as close as it looked. The Rams had it down to one score a couple times, but I just – I don't see – the Rams being able to even, and they've mortgaged their future at this point, and it looks like they're not going to be able to get back to another Super Bowl. Uh, not with the way this roster is constructed. Not sure what moves they can make, but it looks like, uh, especially in that tough division, I, I see a see a long next few seasons for for this Rams team. The Packers offense looks amazing. It's the best offense in football. Can't wait to see it uh, next week in the NFC Championship against the Bucks, and we're going to move on now to talk about that. Uh, Brady against Rodgers. Uh, feels like we should have had that in a Super Bowl at some point. We never did. We get it now in the NFC Championship game. Brady on a different team. But Brady, with weapons like he, uh, minus the, the years he had Randy Moss there in New England, he's never had weapons like this. 43 years old, but he's still a GOAT. Uh, this is the number one offense against the number three offense as far as scoring goes. Uh, Green Bay is the number 13 defense. Tampa Bay, number eight. Uh, this is a, a rematch of a previous game, and it was the Packers' worst game of the season I believe they lost that one 38-10. Rodgers looked bad. And this was after taking a 10-0 lead and then completely falling apart. Rodgers looked bad, has yet to look that bad since. I don't. I cannot see this game playing out that way again. Uh, my lock of the week is the over in this game. Uh, like I said, the number one and number three offenses, respectively. Uh, the over is fifty-one and a half. I also like Green Bay, uh, given the three points in this game. It started out at four, now it's down to three. Uh, look, this is Brady's weapons against Rodgers' weapons. Uh, they, they both have great ones. Uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones on one side, along with Robert Tanyan, and then you know that we already discussed the stable of receivers in in Tampa Bay when we were talking about Baltimore's lack of receivers. Uh, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, just all over the field. And then the two guys in the backfield we didn't even talk about, like Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Uh, Ronald Jones ran all over this Packers team uh, in their regular season matchup, and if the Bucks can get that run game going again, and now they have a fresh Fournette who didn't log nearly the number of carries that he does in a normal season. They could give the Packers a push here. Uh, that's why my lock of the week is, in fact, the over rather than uh, the Packers minus the points. Because if this run game can get going for the Bucks, they could certainly win this game. If, God, if Brady wins another Super Bowl with another team, like there's already no no denying he's the greatest of all time, and. At this point, it would be – he'd be unreachable. He'd almost – he'd be to a Michael Jordan level if he's not already. Just an unattainable greatest of all time. But you know what? He's already on the Jordan level. This would put him on the Gretzky level where he's just you, – you just write it down like it's a fact in the dictionary. Uh, Tom Brady, greatest of all time. Uh, both of these teams have a really good pass rush. You have uh, JPP, uh, Shaquille Barrett, Namikong Su with Tampa Bay. They can certainly apply some pressure. And then Zedaria Smith uh, with the – Packers. Uh, Preston Smith, also a pretty good pass rusher, kind of had a down year as far as sacks go. Didn't, haven't seen his pressure numbers, but uh, it seems like he definitely tailed off uh, from his production from last year. So like I said, uh, the lock of the week is going to be the over 51 and a half in this game. And we're going to take Green Bay minus a three, but it's a little dicey. We'll, uh, we'll see how that breaks out. We move on to the Chiefs against the Bills. KC is minus three. The over-under is 54.5. These numbers indicate that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Uh, Vegas is not in the business of giving away money. If the Chiefs are three-point favorites and the over-under is this high, you can bet your house that Mahomes is going to play. I kind of feel like them not letting him come back in the game. I almost felt a little bit of uh, virtue signaling from the NFL. They're like, oh, see, we're keeping our, our, our star player out. And it's like, yeah, well, like. Are you though? Uh, I, they're not going to keep him out for this game, so they, I kind of feel like they just wanted to stand up, you know, see, we're doing the right thing. We're, we're respecting the concussion protocol Uh the NFL, like they're, they're not like, just like Vegas. they're not the business of lo- losing money, and the ratings for this game be weighed out if my host wasn't playing, so he's going to even if he had a concussion, he's going to miraculously be better for this game. You could almost guarantee it. Uh, neither one of these teams can run the ball at all. Uh, they played in the regular season, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire actually ran all over the Bills. Uh, it was pretty much the one game that he was able to to, to get it going on the ground. Uh, but this is the number one and number three passing attack in all of football. Um, the Chiefs, believe it or not, actually have the number six offense, Of uh, the Bills number two. So with these final four teams, you have the number one, number two, number three, and number six offense. So uh, <laughs> you, I guess you can kiss that uh, defense win championship things goodbye because – It's definitely all about the offense now, clear with the offenses that are left over. And statistically speaking, KC has the worst one. So what does that tell you? The worst of the offenses remaining belongs to the Chiefs. (laughs) So offense definitely wins championships uh, in 2020 and probably moving forward. We'll see if any of these teams can can get any kind of run game going. I doubt it. I think we're going to have a shootout. So that being said, I like the over 54.5 in this game as well. And – I'm going to have to ride with the Bills. Like I said at the beginning of the playoffs, they were my Super Bowl pick. I'm not backing down now. Uh, they've done me well two weeks in a row, so we're going to take them plus three points. And that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, our picks for this week are Bills plus three and the over, 54.5. Over 51.5 in the Green Bay-Tampa Bay game. That is our lock of the week, and we're going to take Green Bay minus three. And we'll see how our picks do. Uh, we were 5-7 and seven the first week, 4-4. Four and four. Last week, that puts us at 9-11 and 11 on the postseason. Not great, but our locks of the week are 2-0. So if you're going to ride with us, definitely go with that lock of the week. And like I said, this week it's over 51 and a half. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, looking for 3-0. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we're going to be back later on, probably early next week. We're going to break down the AFC North in the similar way that we did the AFC South and NFC East already go through those teams, and tell you what we think they should do in the offseason. Until then, thanks for listening, and love you all. God bless.